Luna Park Sydney in Sydney, Australia is celebrating their 10th year with Hellascream Extreme. That's coming up on today's show. From HAN, I'm Philip, and this is day 50 of our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunted house every day here on the show. Today is a Thursday, October 20th, and there are 11 days into Halloween. Remember that the best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our free weekly industry newsletter at the link in our show notes. Build as Sydney's scariest Halloween event, Hallescream at Luna Park is celebrating 10 years of extreme fears with three horror mazes, an immersive horror-themed attraction, and unlimited rides. Luna Park Sydney is a heritage-listed amusement park constructed in 1935. The park caters to families during the day and uses Halloween as a second, scarier gate. Today, we'll learn about the event and its unique challenges from Andrew and Kate. My name's Andrew Ross Graham. I am the Creative Arts and Aesthetics Manager here at Luna Park Sydney, in charge of most of the administrative and in-park creative side of Hallescreen in the park. And my name is Kate Englefield, and I am from Fractal Creative. We design all the horror attractions for the Big Top for Hallescreen at Luna Park Sydney, and especially for Hallescreen X this year. And I also work as part of a collective called the Global Scare Network, where we discuss deep storytelling in horror. Luna Park has become the go-to Halloween event for all Sydney ciders, and we celebrate 10 years with Hallescreen this year. So Hallescreen Extreme at Luna Park Sydney is an 11-night event running through October featuring five scare precincts. We've got three mazes, one horror immersive attraction, food and beverage, unlimited rides, as well as interactive experiences for all guests to get involved. What do you have planned for this season? This year we have three mazes that are going into the Big Top. Every year we do three mazes, but we carry two over. So we continue the storyline from the previous two years and we create a completely new one. So for this year, we're doing Rain Dead 2, Rise of the Replicants, where we'll see um, the replicants of the girl that we met last year who have now overtaken the entire facility. We're about 10 years down the track, so things are very overgrown now. So that's a really fun maze. Then we are also doing the final and third year of Decay Mart, which this year is expiration date. This year, a band of vigilantes have overtaken um, and they've set a bunch of booby traps with zombies for our guests to encounter and get through. And then the third maze, which is our brand new maze, is Grim. And Grim is a clown maze with a bit of a difference. It's got a 90s spin on it. And they're a band of clowns that have been going around trying to gather people together to join their, their crew and to get into the crew you have to pass three initiations so this year will be the first initiation that they have to pass so come down to the park and see if you pass the initiation <laughs> we have a new icon of fear he is xavier he's a vigilante clown kind of not your average creepy clown he's got a bit of punk rock attitude a bit of theatrics behind him we've implemented his own corner this year so he has his own meet and greet space that's completely themed where you can interact with him all night. He's going to be our master of ceremonies, which will open the evening every night at our opening ceremony. He will also explain that this is what happens in this attraction and this maze and this, so that the guests are really getting an all-round overview of the night from our icon of fear. And then we're finishing off every night with a bang this year. So we're going to have Xavier's Welcome to the Circus Midway Rave. So he's going to do a 30-minute DJ spot in the midway with a full interactive lighting experience and sound experience. We've got 
creepy clown dances and all of that. So the guests can really finish the park and the event on a high and just dance it out in the midway, which we've seen them do for the past few years. So we thought, why not give them an actual offering and something that's really different and new and fun. Can you tell me a little bit about why, why the three-year thing? Is it to match up yeah. with those parks or why'd you guys sit on three years? Well, there's definitely a practical element to it in the fact that we have three mazes and we obviously want mm -hmm. to be able to offer something very new every year. But I think, Coming from a film background, which is where I come from, film and TV, I really like story. Storytelling is where my happy place is and my home is. Yeah. Beginning, so, middle, end, basically. Yeah. Absolutely. So we get to start the story, introduce the story. Second year, we get to further it. And yeah, like you say, beginning, middle, end. And by the end, we this year, we've got the expiration date, which is Decay Mart. Last year was the third iteration of our Outback series, which are, are very kind of Australian mazes. So we call with that one the final bleed. So we like to give them like a nice little finishing point as well. And it's nice for guests. They feel like they kind of, they're, they're part of the event. But every year they come, they know a little bit of what to expect. But there's also the excitement of having something completely new that they haven't seen before so yeah. yeah it's as exciting for us as much as for the guests i think as well <laughs> that is a great overview but let's dig a little bit deeper into some of the characters that are going to be appearing this year yeah so luckily we are able to go bigger this year so this year for the first year we are implementing precincts into the park so we will have four designated precincts within the park from start to finish. So as Kate mentioned, one of our mazes, Grim, we're kind of taking it out of the maze and bringing it into the park. So guests are getting a more immersive experience from the time that they enter right through the maze and right through the entire night. So Grim Inhabitants is the first precinct of the night and that's at the front part of the park. And then they move forward into the park and we have Ratchet Row, which is bringing back some of our nurses from a Ward 13 maze and a hospital style maze that we've had in the past. So we're bringing those nurses back and out into the park and so that the guests can really interact this time rather than just seeing them for those two or three seconds as they walk through a maze. They're really getting to experience them for a whole night. As they move forward further, we get down to Worship Way, which is bringing back the devil characters and our satanic worshiping characters that we had in the past. And then finally, we've got the pig pen. So Kate mentioned we had our outback sort of maze. So we've got these hybrid pig characters that are filling our newest area, Lunar Land, at the back of the park with these kind of dirty pig outback sort of hybrid characters walking around and spooking our guests. Last year, we discussed how being a heritage listed amusement park, we are very confined to what we can do, what we can build, what we can change, what we can work with. So we took a really deep look at what we've got as assets and then how we can utilize those to become attractions themselves or part of the story, part of the show. So this year we've decided to turn Coney Island, which is our iconic 1935 fun house, into the Coney Island film house. So what we're doing is we're going to do a guided immersive experience where the guests get to run into characters from iconic horror films, but they're on a path through the fun house where they need to go through the mirror maze or down the giant slide, or they need to go across the wonky walk moving floor or all of that guided, but also scared at the same time because there are characters that may come out of who knows where while they're walking through. In essence, doing an overlay of a current attraction yeah. and theming it into fit to the overall story as well. Yeah, so Coney Island itself is full of all of those classic things that you would expect from a fun house. So you've got mm -hmm. barrels of fun, you've got the spinning wheel, you've got the wonky mirrors, the mirror maze. So we looked at it and thought, how do we make this entire building an attraction that we can use as an asset for Hellascreen. Why was it important for you all to add the precincts in? 
from my perspective, I feel like Sydney doesn't have much in the way of Halloween attractions or Halloween events that people get to go to. So I feel like for Luna Park and for us here, what we have to do is we have to really create the gamut of experiences for people. So people who are coming to Luna Park really want to feel like they get their Halloween experience in all different ways. And I think people enjoy different aspects of Halloween. So we really need to become everything that Halloween needs to encapsulate for people. So having a having the precincts really means that we can explore different themes, we can really go overboard on those different themes in different areas, and it gives people opportunities to come to the park and experience all the different things. So whether you like jump scares, whether you like creepy scares, whether you like big over-the-top costumes, whether you like something a bit more subtle, we've got it all here. So I think that's why it's really important for us to have those precincts so that we really get to cover the gamut of Halloween and really give everybody every expected experience that they have of a Halloween attraction and event. Just playing devil's advocate. I'm wondering what kind of feedback mechanisms you all have to make sure that you're not spreading yourselves too thin in those areas. And then you are able to correct course and say, oh, really, they're not interested in this area or that area, or we tried this thing and turns out mm. we didn't have enough of that audience that liked it. So we're going to double down in this area. What, how are you judging that year after year? Like you said, we're one of the only ones in Sydney and actually for the past two years, we were the only one in Australia that were able to operate a successful event for Halloween nighttime events and amusement parks. And that was a huge thanks to our health and safety team who did a massive effort in ensuring that we could operate safely. But a part of that COVID restrictions meant that we couldn't have roamers or midway characters for the past two years. So at the end of every event, we do have a survey opportunity for our guests that do attend. And that gives them the opportunity to provide us impart feedback straight away. So we do have the guest relating team with iPads as the guests are exiting the night to give immediate feedback. But then there's also an emailed survey sent out as well. So they can reflect a little bit later. So we're getting a double dose of in part immediate feedback saying, what did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? What do you see more of? And then also they've got time a week later to just really digest the event and go back and say, oh, I would have seen more of this. I really like this. I wasn't too keen on this. And that was one of the main things we saw that they really missed the midway roaming characters. They missed that immersive experience in the park. You mentioned also how important the immersive elements are. And if there's no other event around, why does it matter that you're putting this in here? Because interactivity costs money. It does. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're very right. <laughs> but like I said, it's important for us to be the only one in Sydney. Like, it, yes, it's a double-edged sword. Like, it's we don't really have anyone to compare to. But at the same time, mm -hmm. we've got a captive audience. So it's important for us to give that captive audience and those return visitors something more and increase the offering every year, but also to draw in new guests and new people to the experience and to the event. With our guests, we want them to feel like they are the lead character in their own nightmare or in their own movie. So rather than stepping into somebody else's nightmare, they're the lead character. So when they go through a maze, we we talk to our actors and we say to them, make sure that the guests that are coming through, they're, they're the protagonist, they're the lead in the movie, you're the supporting characters. So you're the one coming in to, to be that zombie that comes in, but you're the one that escapes at the end and you're the winner and you're the, yeah, you're the one that, that, that kind of wins the day. But why is it important? Horror and horror attractions and scare mazes are the only 
one of the very only opportunities you have to let go of that fourth wall. When you go to the theatre, you sit and you watch a show and you're affected by the show, but you're not in the show. Whereas when you do this kind of work, I think that it's really important to make your guests feel like they are part of it. And I think that's what actually really makes this really special rather than like your normal kind of proscenium arch theatre style. In Australia, we don't have that much in the way of Halloween and haunt attractions, but we do have a really thriving theatre scene and immersive theatre is really on the rise at the moment. And I think that we just want to jump on that and we want to give Sydney and Australian audiences that high level expectation from the other things that they see and then draw them into Halloween. So they realise that Halloween and horror isn't just a frivolous pursuit. It's as high art as anything else they can see in in Sydney and in Australia. And I think, too, the thing that we need to remember is that we've all just, especially in Australia, we've gone through a massive lockdown where social media was the go-to cure for everyone's boredom and as a release. And that's they've experienced the American horror. They've experienced what's happening overseas because it was so close to their fingertips. So everyone has looked at what's happening everywhere else and now has an expectation of if it's happening there, why can't we have it? Or why can't we see something like that? Kate and I are both very active in around the world haunts and looking at what's happening at other parks and other experiences. And we really want to give Australia and especially Sydney that opportunity to experience what the rest of the world has been having for years. Luna Park Sydney is a family park. And as you, you mentioned earlier about having, it has to operate still as a family park during the day, but Hell Scream has scary elements. Tell me about why that's a good idea. I think the reason that it's such a great idea for us to offer that scare element is because it's such a growing following in Australia. We have so many different haunt festivals around Australia. We've got so many horror enthusiasts around Australia. And even just the fact that a lot of movies are being filmed down under in Australia now, including different horror films, it just, it's such a growing thing that we would be silly not to offer it or not to explore it or venture down it. Like we offer the fun park during the day. We've got our regular school holiday offerings, which include different movie activations of the fun and family type. We have our Harbour party, which is our New Year's Eve party, which we transform the entire park into an 18 plus adults only bar clubs, fireworks viewing area. And then Halloween was the next best thing that we could offer to our guests. And it's growing. We're up to 11 nights this year, which is fantastic because it proves that we are getting that following and that the guests are coming along that ride with us. Another thing I think super important, and I think this is maybe just more from my perspective and looking at kind of Halloween and horror as a whole, I just love in the US how you have this community vibe around Halloween. And we just, I feel like we... Halloween is such a wonderful opportunity for people to come out and explore those different sides of themselves they don't get to explore. There's also the element of kind of kids going out and knocking on doors and getting part of the community and all coming together. And I think that's a massive part for me. And like, I'm not just at Hall uh, Scream and at Luna Park, I think that we should adopt, I'm talking to you, Australia, we need to adopt Halloween as something that we do on a regular basis here, just because it's the only holiday where we really get to have that really community bonded vibe where we all get together to unite in something that we all like we all love as I say we all but especially people who are into horror we all love that together and this is the opportunity for us to come together and really explore that and get excited about it and and yeah I think we should we should definitely embrace that more in Australia and not dismiss it as just an American holiday but something that is fun for people that like 
the darker things in life. It's not just an American holiday. I know that's one thing we hear down under. It's, oh, why would we celebrate Halloween? It's such an American thing. But Australia didn't create Christmas. We didn't create Easter. We didn't create Valentine's Day. St. Patrick's Day is definitely not Australian. And (laughs) (laughs) we celebrate all of those every year. So why wouldn't we also jump on Halloween and make, you know, that Australian and universal? Tell me a little bit about how you are using technology to solve some of the challenges that you have, primarily being that you guys are space constrained. And as you mentioned, it's a historic site. So there's a limited amount that you can do in terms of build and infrastructure. Like you said, historic site is a key element that we really push into. So we love to take an old school and really just use lighting and sound like your regular AV is something that we really push for and utilize within the park. So. We theme everything with colored lights. We've got projectors, we've got the lasers, the moving lights that just create that atmosphere. We pump a whole lot of smoke through the park, which really surprisingly transforms it. And then sound. So using soundscapes, using background music, using the key elements of different vocals or different things to signify different events during the night or happenings. So there's a lot of technical elements that go into the planning and into the execution of the event that really help us transform the park after dark. We're also using various sound and light in our mazes as well to tell stories, essentially. So for Reindeer, we're doing that voiceover in the game master style in the queue line. So we've got that. And then when they get into the very first room, we meet the game master on a screen. So we get to see that. But we're also integrating that with various mag locks and things that go off. So the game master will be speaking, but certain things will be happening as the game master is speaking. So they'll say, oh, you hear a sound from within the facility. A sound will happen. A door opens. The game master master will say and the door will just magically pop open so there's all of these nice little moments where just things seem to happen as the game master speaking and as they go through the maze there's we've got a laser swamp this year which i know is a thing that you do in america quite a lot but we're doing our first ever laser swamp so we're super excited about that so we've got that and there's lots of other things through there and like i say booby traps into kmart so we're trying lots of new little things like i said we've got pulleys and things that all connect to each other so if a zombie pulls a pulley it'll ring a bell in another corner which signals the various warnings to the vigilante group that are in the next room. So it's all setting up those little scare moments. And in Grimm, we've got Hall. So we've got various things that are spinning, creating that hypnotizing feel. What else have we got in Grimm? Oh, Scott, who also works with us at Fractal, has been creating some really cool ways to get scares in different areas of the maze as well. So at the moment where we've got a hallway into Kmart that has a roof at the top that's perspex with blood covered over it. And he's created this fantastic noise maker that kind of it, it, um, it runs across these grooves and it makes all this noise so it sounds like there's zombies from above as you go through this corridor so lots of different tech things to feel like the scare isn't just coming from one way it's coming from everywhere talk to me a little bit about the future yeah so i mean hello screen 10 can't believe we're here. I've only been here for four years now. Kate's been here longer. So it's amazing that we can keep going and keep growing. So we were lucky we're bringing back some of the characters this year. So we're returning with Madame Fortuna, Satan the Devil, or El Diablo, as Kate has titled him. And then we've also got Mr. Bowler returning, as well as Mandala the Witch. And then this year we're implementing Xavier, who's our icon of fear for 2022. So following that grim clown aspect and the fun park, it just made sense to introduce a horror clown into the mix as an icon of fear. So we have already come up with next year's theme, but it's under wraps at the moment. So we will launch that shortly after this year's wraps, but we're very excited for the future of Hello Screen because the things that we're able to do this year 
it just opens the doors to things we can do next year and years beyond. And like we said, the inspiration we get from overseas and within Australia as well gives us such drive to put on the best possible event that we can for our guests, our team, our staff, our performers and our park. We've taken over as much space in the park as we possibly can. And up in our factory where we build, we've got uh, two little mantras. One is better, not bigger. And one is sharpen the axe. So we just want to continue to make what we've got just that stronger, more more detailed stories, better better tech, all of those kind of things. So we can't expand any further, but we can continue to get better at what we do and offer more intricate things and more exciting things to guests. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production. <laughs>